We here at What Were They Thinking were very lucky to secure an interview with the star of the film The Happening, uh, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, we're so glad that you could be here. Mark, just let me start off real quick. I need to ask, I've heard a rumor that you are planning a Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch reunion tour. Uh, what do you have to say to that? What? No. I heard a crazy story, Nathan. I don't know if you heard this crazy story. Oh, go on. I mean, I heard that you and uh, Burt Reynolds, you know, on the set of Boogie Nights, you know, there's some craziness going on. There's some party. And I heard you guys went down to Vegas and uh, you accidentally killed a prostitute. What? Okay, well, uh, we, we, we were recently, uh, I was talking with someone about the, your, the film Four Brothers in that, uh, and you, you played a, uh, a tortured young ruffian from the, the streets of Detroit, um, and the word is that you actually moved in with a young street tough and developed, uh, a much more intimate bromance with him. What do you have to say about that? What? No! Well, I mean, I I thought that was uh, I thought that was in the lexicon. I thought that was a well known thing, and yeah. you seem to be denying a lot of stuff, Mark. No. Okay. Well, Mark, I feel we're getting off track here. I mean, we're we're really here to talk about the the happening because that's that's what we covered on our show recently, and uh, I I just, I need to ask you, uh, be, what was it? Was working with M. Night Shyamalan a walking nightmare of a disaster that everyone makes it out to be? What? Should we just get one kind of hard-hitting question? Hit, out of the yeah, way? hit him with the hardest one there, Brendan. All right, well, Mr. Wahlberg, uh, Mr. Marky Mark, if I may. What? No. Okay, sorry, sorry, Mr. Mr. Wahlberg. We uh, know of a time, you know, when you were very young, when you actually... Uh, beat up a man so bad that you blinded him in one eye. Uh, you know, is that true? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. Uh, theme music? You know when I pick up a beer. That's when I'm on to pressure now. The question always comes back to me. Welcome, it's the beginning of Schlocktober. Ghost sounds, skeletons, chains, rattle, rattles, rattle. <laughs> That's the post-production you get, folks. Uh, this is another episode of What Were They Thinking? I am Brendan. And I'm Nathan. And we're here to talk this talk about the spookiest month of the year, uh, starting off with a real humdinger of a horror film. I, uh, let's not say things we can't take back. <laughs> and it's our first M. Night Shyamalanian film. It's... <sighs> Might not be our last. Uh, I would be surprised if it was. But it's The Happening, starring Mark Wahlberg, Zoe Deschanel, John Leguizamo, etc., etc., etc. More like The Crappening, am I right? <laughs> but Nathan, as you like to say, misery loves company. So joining us... First time guest, uh, I don't know, she gave me a lot of direction for this introduction, so I'm going to try my best. Um, <laughs> Are you Michael Buffer? Uh, uh, Lindsay's here. Yo. Was that pretty good? That was awesome. 
Okay, thanks. Fantastic. Lindsay Anderson is here. <laughs> Tarantino. So you, Lindsay Tarantino. Thank you. Yes. Quentin's wife. Daughter. Oh, Daughter. slash wife. I'm not that old. Okay, come on. <laughs> no, then no, and that's we're actually saying that more as a commentary towards Quentin Tarantino than you. Yeah. True, true. His wife is quite young. Mm. Or his girlfriend or whatever. He's also going to have a kid. Anyway, this is not about Quentin Tarantino's <laughs> love life. Lindsay, you... Um, I, I asked you, like, you know, movies that you would like to talk about. And then when I told you we were doing The Happening on an upcoming episode, you said that one? Yeah. Fairly quickly. Oh, yeah. So, what, you've seen this many times? Probably about 10 to 12 times. <laughs> yikes. <That's>, yikes. <laughs> Fantastic. Two, two times in the last two days. You uh, you saw this in theaters? Yes, I did. Opening night, I'm hoping? Um, Pretty close to opening night. I was probably Excellent. working opening night, so... <laughs> I've this... seen it two times in the last two decades. <laughs> oh, man, I, was, I watched it for the first time for this show. <laughs> but this movie, The Happening, M. Night Shyamalan, of course. Mm. Um, and like Nathan said, probably not the first Shyamalan movie we'll talk about on this show. Oh. <laughs> Which is no. saying something? Yeah, that Air Bender movie alone. Yeah, there's probably it's a not good... a movie about Bender the robot playing basketball. Don't don't get fooled like mm. me. That would be fantastic. Wait, wait. Can you imagine being? That would be a level of disappointment I'm not comfortable with. <laughs> Going in and expecting a Bender basketball movie and getting that bullshit. <laughs> Holy shit, that would suck. But this movie. Um, it's kind of thought of, like, a lot of people think of it as a, as a flop, but I was kind of amazed to learn that the, the budget for this thing, first of all, um, what do you guys think the budget was? I, I'd i have to say probably about two grand. <laughs> <laughs> all right, strong estimate. Uh, what, t- 22 million? 48 million dollars. What? I'm guessing 25 of it went to Mark Wahlberg? They did not spend that on no, the opening credits. No, he he did not get twenty five for that. He would have done a better job. <laughs> he he, I feel like he got a pretty sizable amount of that budget, though. Mm. Um, yes, yeah, because they weren't they weren't shelling out top dollar for John Leguizamo oh, or God, Zoe no. Deschanel at the time. So forty eight million dollars, and it's one of Shyamalan's like honestly his, one of his lower budgeted movies. Mm. Um, it makes it the box office. What do you suppose it made? Too much. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Eighty. One hundred and sixty-three million dollars. <laughs> what? That this, is not a flop. This was a fucking hit. This movie is awesome. What? And by the way, that is just in the U.S. And I have never heard a single person have anything nice to say about it in an unironic way. Well, Until this podcast. You've never talked to me then. <laughs> no, everyone is always going on about how it's good in that it, it is unintentionally hilarious. No one has ever stepped to me with an argument about the... Uh, the happening being subtle, nuanced filmmaking and a commentary on our environmental <laughs> position as a race. That's the entire point. 
<laughs> I think that's that's the uh, the whole title of your blog article, is it not, Lindsay? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> It's a little wordy. I would maybe like, workshop it a little bit. Yeah. Uh. It was an A-plus philosophical essay. <laughs> um, so, I mean, again, this has an all-star cast. I, I'm, yeah, not, I'm not being any kind of ironic there. I mean, they got Mark Wahlberg, Zoe Deschanel, John Leguizamo. Um, uh, Abigail Breslin's brother. Oh, Spencer, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, legendary actress Betty Buckley. And... Yep. I think that's about it. I think that's we can we can say that's about. Oh, and, and oh. a vo- vocal vocal cameo from M Night himself. Mm. Oh, what about the J- uh, Joey? The principal though. The principal. <gasps> Alan Ruck. Yes. Yes. Ferris Bueller's <laughs> best friend mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. the principal. Yep. I get what you're doing, M Night. That's clever. So this movie um, starts off with a terrible opening credit sequence. <laughs> oh, oh wait wait wait! I was watching this with Tim. And he said, imagine if the movies had openings this long and still. By the time people realized they didn't like the movie, it would be too late for a refund. (laughs) (laughs) It does get a bit egregious. (laughs) You've watched the 46-minute opening credit sequence. It's far too late. Yep. It's, it's, you have to sit back in the movie and watch it. (laughs) (laughs) In New York, there's a couple of ladies uh, sitting around. Wait, no, before we get to the park, we... Brendan, we have to address the elephant in the room. That opening, that exceedingly long opening, was that was fateful findings. Oh yeah, that's a Neil Breen opening, a hundred percent. Oh, although awful. now that I said Neil Breen opening, I'm getting all kinds of horrible images in my head. Stop it. Maybe maybe I should uh, sum it up real quick at the beginning here first before we get into it. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. basically, there is a virus going around, which they're not sure what it is for a while. As they, they think it's like in the wind or the plants. There, there's lots of theories going around. Uh, Mark Wahlberg is a science teacher. More on that later. <laughs> and who His wife is uh, played by Zoe Deschanel. His best friend is John Leguizamo, who is a math teacher, I believe. Yep. Um, they start going, they go to get on a train to get out of town to kind of uh, stay ahead of the wind, as we like to say in this movie. Mm-hmm. Pe- pe- people start dying off. Basically, this virus makes people commit suicide um, out of nowhere. <laughs> like an RKO. <laughs> and exactly. walk backwards. And walk backwards. Just one out of the group, though, for some yeah, reason. Yeah, always one. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so they basically, they're, they're traveling across the country to... to to be sa- to make it uh, somewhere safe, I think this movie takes place over about twenty four hours. They encounter yep. a number of people that are various levels of helpful until we kind of reach our conclusion. So, starting off, th- I'm gonna say I'm just gonna go ahead and say that this opening scene, the first p- bit with the two girls on the bench, it's not terrible. It's a decent way to establish what's going on. Mm. Yeah, it's a good opening without. Uh... You know, in immediately involving characters that you're supposed to know. Yeah. Although I do find it weird that um, we start off with the one girl saying, "Where what? Where am I?" And the other girl knows exactly where she left yeah. off in her book. That that was my first like comment. I was like, "You guys aren't reading it to each other. How do you know?" <laughs> <laughs> if it had been, if she had been reading it to her out loud to start that scene, it would have been weird, but at least the question would have made sense. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they're a part of some adult literacy in the park group. Yeah, just the two of them. <laughs> Central Park literacy's numbers have really gone down lately. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean she's, she is the boots on the ground trying to tackle that problem. Who are you to make fun of her, Brendan? 
You know what? Yeah. You're right. We this, should stop making fun of everything. Podcast over. <laughs> this whole movie is just about tolerance. <laughs> yeah, more specifically, your tolerance towards a toxic germ in the air. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're sitting there and they're having their adult reading club. Mm-hmm. Um, we hear a few screams and the girl that's reading, she slowly... She 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 seems to like kind of lose her mind. She's like, I don't know what's, I don't know where I am. She takes her hairpin out, a giant fucking hairpin, and she stabs herself in the neck, which the other girl, not infected by this virus, doesn't really react to. No, she just no stares. <laughs> yep. Um, huh. That's something so- you don't see every day. <laughs> yeah. My my. Yeah. my my friend stabbed herself in the neck. Well, go Only figure. Only in New York. Claire, <laughs> oh, God. are you seeing this? No, I'm just stabbing myself in the neck. Weirdly enough, she calls her Claire, but in the credits, she's only credited as, like, women with hairpin. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm like, M. Night, you gave her a name, you fucking asshole. I hope um, she got paid for speaking. <laughs> well, she got a credit, so I'm, I'm assuming she did. Uh, but meanwhile, never mind that, because we got some construction workers standing around, and they they have a punchline to a joke that I don't know what that setup was, but, but um, you know what they what the they're talking about, right? They no, got, the guy's a tattoo on his dick, and when oh, it's yes. when it's flaccid, it just has that little it just thing. Says Wendy. Yeah, but when it's it says Wendy. No, it's just W-Y, but when it's erect, it says Wendy. No, it says, welcome to Jamaica or something. Yeah. (laughs) The setup is the two guys, they have dick tattoos, and they both say W-Y. The (laughs) first guy asks him, what does yours say? Oh, it's my girlfriend's name, Wendy. It just says W-Y, but when when it's erect, it says Wendy. I see you have the same thing, too. Is your girlfriend's name Wendy? And then, no, it's like this big, long screed. Oh, so, yes. so, so yeah, they're, they're just joking around, and then fucking construction workers just start falling from the sky. No, no, no. First, is it Michael that falls? Mackenzie, I Mackenzie, think. Mackenzie, yeah. And then I'm just like, it's fine. He's He just fell a little. He's a little off. Drunk? But, you know, yeah. uh, it's fine. A little... I, he he's he's bent in a, in a pretzelish kind of way. Pretzel, yes. Mm, pretzels. Yes. But... Uh, Okay, so he's falling off. If he had equipment and stuff, it might be following after him shortly. Mm. Um, why Why did they take their helmets off in an active construction site? <laughs> I don't know. But, I mean, I hope that that guy got workers' comp. I think Mackenzie's dead. No, dead. no, no, he's, no. Yeah. He's just a dead. little pretzeled. He's fine. <laughs> still good. He's still good. I mean, they're not too concerned at first. They're not too concerned. He just goes, oh shit, Mackenzie fell. Yeah, like... Like, that's literally his delivery. No big (laughs) thing. No big thing. But then, pow, 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 pow. Construction workers falling from all over the place. I know that scene's supposed to be, um, I don't know, dramatic. Harrowing? Yeah, harrowing, but I just, every time I laugh. It's hilarious. I I just, it's it's raining men. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's just, it's, yeah, it's so crazy. Well, the, like, and when they're falling, you can tell that they're, like, just just dummies that they're throwing <laughs> off a building. It's, just, it's fake people, like the old lady's bed, which we'll get back to. Oh, boy. That's how the boy starts. <laughs> <laughs> 
But after this uh, mass construction worker suicide, we meet Mark Wahlberg, who is, again, a science teacher. I find that probably the hardest to believe over plants killing people, that Mark Wahlberg (laughs) is a science teacher. And John Leguizamo is a math teacher. Well, the casting is really weird in this movie. But, um, so Elliot Moore is his name. Mm. And he's talking about, (laughs) he's got the weirdest lesson blanks. He's just like, I read this article and it says the bees are dying for for no reason. You sound just like him. (laughs) You are tripping me out. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I don't know if you guys have heard about this article in the New York Times about honeybees vanishing. Well, apparently honeybees are disappearing all over the country. Tens of millions of them just disappearing. There's no bodies, no sign of them. They're just mysteriously gone. It's scary, huh? All right, let's hear some theories about why this might be happening. He's just getting people to tell him why they think the bees die are dying. And then he doesn't give Jack a chance to talk. He's like, what do you think, Jack or Jake or whatever that kid's name is? Oh, the and, studly guy? Yeah, and then like 1.5 seconds later, oh, you don't have an opinion? <laughs> like, that's... That's not how you teach. I have a teaching degree. That is not how you teach. You give them, like, 30 seconds to think of something. Or, you know, encouragement. You don't say, you know what? You better learn some stuff because you're going to be a fuggo in about 10 years. Yeah, he he sexually harasses him in front of everyone. He's like, (laughs) you're super hot. And then talks about how he's going to become ugly. But you know what, guys? Mark Wahlberg's like the fun teacher, right? Because the vice principal comes in. He's like, guys, it's the vice principal. Everybody hide. The Lord of Darkness herself. She's having none of his shit, though. No, she doesn't even react to it. That's like me as a manager. I I just don't react. I know. (laughs) Just like (laughs) straight face every time. Oh, Nathan, if you ever want to see the greatest like reaction to an angry customer... This is the per- <laughs> this is the person to go to. joke. <laughs> what? No. So yeah, the teachers are pulled out of class because they they think what they think at first it's some kind of terrorist attack. Yeah, but they refer to it as an event. The oh, terrorist not a, event. Not a happening. They're so yeah. They're so calm about it though. There's been an event. Everyone is everyone is calm for like 90% of this movie. I like, know. No, no, like there's nobody that's upset. Except for the old woman later. Oh yeah, well, she's my hero, but we'll get back to that. <laughs> but yeah, everyone is just kind of like, yeah, it's an event. It's happening. Yeah. They say happening a lot in this movie. <laughs> oh yeah. I was, before we recorded this, I was going to look up how many times they said happening or happened, but that didn't work out john leguizamo is the math teacher and he's uh he gets that that wasn't even there wasn't even a joke yet (laughs) that's the joke he's a math teacher john john leguizamo aka uh violator in spawn Mm -hmm. we talked about and um collateral damage collateral damage as the drug dealer who used fertilizer to make like heroin or whatever Mm -hmm. cocaine Mm -hmm. cocaine which you know what i'm surprised We didn't mention collateral damage in the last episode. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Same place, a lot of collateral damage. Lots of cow patties. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, John Leguizamo was a math teacher. (laughs) (laughs) We gotta get past this. He He calms himself down with percentages. And statistics. 
Yeah, do you find, like, uh, I feel like secretly, like, watching this movie, I feel like secretly Mark Wahlberg and John Leguizamo are, like, they would bully the people they're playing. Mm-hmm. Like, well, absolutely. They're trying way too hard to be like, I'm a, I'm a science teacher, just look at me science, and look at me math. <laughs> like, they're mathing and sciencing the whole movie, and it's like, we get it, you're a teacher. Well, there's even a, a moment where Mark Wahlberg is freaking out, and he says, come on, come on, science it, douchebag. <laughs> Oh, so, yeah, uh, John Leguizamo was a math teacher, <laughs> and I actually have that, that's the sole note when he's introduced, I was like, John Leguizamo was a math teacher. I just can't get over that casting, both of them. No, 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 like, but, my favorite line at this point from Mark Wahlberg is, that's it, Central Park? That's kind of odd. <laughs> like, that's, that's what he gets from that whole thing, there's been a terror task, attack, but no, it's that's odd that it's in Central Park. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they're like, yeah, they're he's just like like was like, it's not gonna come to Philadelphia. We're fine. We're fine. And then we learn, yeah, we learn quickly that uh, he's not a good uh, math teacher. No, he's not a good math. It was, he's also Mark Wahlberg's not a good science teacher. No. Like, Why um, are the bees dying? Oh, it's just an act of nature. We'll never fully understand. End okay. of class. That's science. Be careful, guys. It's going to be on your final. <laughs> but we got We absolutely have to get past this part. So. Let's get to the point where John Leguizamo, uh, the math teacher, is uh, giving a relationship advice on the marriage of uh, Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel. Alma. Oh, um, yeah. yeah she's like some 80-year-old lady from Little House on the Prairie. Alma. <laughs> Um, and the, and like the advice is really strange because he's like, man, I wasn't gonna tell you this, but on her wedding day, she was crying. She's not ready for this. Yeah, I'm like, what? No woman cries on their wedding day. But you know, he looked into her eyes and he could tell. He could tell. Yeah. But like, why no. is he? Why is he bringing that up randomly, like years well, later? Why did he walk into her wedding room accidentally? Who does that? Like, everyone's sitting in the church. You're not supposed to be running into people's wedding rooms. Whoopsie doodle, I thought this was the restroom. <laughs> no, it's the cry room. Yeah, the restroom. <laughs> Elliot and Alma are having marriage problems. And allegedly. Allegedly. As he returns home, she's wa- she's watching TV. We see Zoe Deschanel. And I think, yeah, I gotta agree. Even though, I okay, I, guys, I love Zoe Deschanel. I think she's fantastic. In this movie, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, she's she's not acting. She's being held hostage. I actually have a note, Zoe, you're better than this, and then she proceeded to prove me wrong. (laughs) But she usually is, that's the thing. Yeah, but... Like, she's good in so many other movies. I have a theory, though. Okay. That M. Night Shyamalan is holding these actors hostage with a gun and being like, act, (laughs) or I will kill you all, and they just... They're so done, they can't do it. What? No! If they had known better, though, they would have known that the twist was that his gun didn't have bullets. <laughs> <laughs> but she is, uh, she's watching the news and seeing that... The uh, super awesome green screen. Oh my god, Doug, mm. again, Neil Breen, Fateful Findings level newscast. Yes. And who is um, Joey? Standing in front of, like... <laughs> she's gonna call some guy named Joey. Who but, is you know, Joey? Uh, Joey is M. Night Shyamalan. He is, uh, 
tiramisu. <laughs> no. She calls it tiramisu. They had, they, they had tiramisu. Tiramisu. Yeah. Oh, tiramisu? Is that she, she can't pronounce it correctly. Yeah. Um, well, I want to talk about her line here that really sold me as to like her performance level mm. because she says something like, um, It makes you kill yourself. Just when you thought there couldn't be any more evil that could be invented. The screenplay is not doing her any favors whatsoever, but, like, holy shit. <laughs> no, like, honestly, it was at that point of the movie where I'm like, the actors look like they want to kill themselves. <laughs> well, that's that's the subtext of the happening. That's true, that M. Night Shyamalan was like, this is my direction. I want you all to act like you're on the verge of suicide, but just not there yet. Not yet. So what you're saying is he's a fucking genius. Mm-hmm. It, what? It's a no. this this whole movie is a metaphor for darkness and despair. Oh my and god. That's why all the actors act like that because they're just they're on the line. Well, Nathan, we solved it. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. <laughs> like they're they they all have the toxin, but Oh my god. <laughs> We're just going to keep going for the lunacy, aren't we? <laughs> Um, well, from here, <laughs> we, we go to uh, the train station. Elliot and Alma arrive at the train station along with Julian and his daughter, Jess. On the uh, one of the newspapers, as they're co- I guess as they're coming into the train station, it's got Philadelphia. <laughs> subtle. Subtle. I think, I think that was the original title of that Tom Hanks movie. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, said, then they said, maybe that's a bit dark. Yeah, just, just a little given bit. the subject matter. Uh, but at the train station, Ellie and Elma arrive with uh, again with Julian and Jess, and Julian is like a little hostile towards her, and <laughs> they have just yeah, just a little. But they have the most like uh, like awkward. The dialogue is so awkward in this movie. Like it feels you know like you watch a movie and like it feels written. Like yeah. it doesn't feel like these characters are talking. It feels like they're literally just reading whatever they're told to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost to the point where you're like, people don't talk like that. Oh, oh no, yeah. Actually, I do. I'm pretty. I'm pretty <laughs> monotone a lot of the time. <laughs> it's <laughs> not. It's not the monotone. It's it's the words that come out of the mouth that just people don't have speech patterns like that. Look, she will figure it out, and so will we. We'll figure it out. I can't believe you committed suicide. I cannot believe you committed suicide. How could you have done this? How could you have committed suicide? I can't help you out of this one, Jim. I'm now positing the theory that this movie exists in the same world of Fateful Findings, and everybody in that movie were just prolonged exposure to the toxins mm-hmm. <laughs> Lindsay, if you have not seen fateful findings please watch it <laughs> i will now rittenhouse park in philadelphia we cut to um, and this this is where i figured the dogs did it oh, that, that would have been great <laughs> my favorite part's when the dog just gets let go of and instead of staying by its owner just runs it's like bye bitch yeah fuck this shit <laughs> it's gone um we have a traffic cop walking around he's talking to a guy named sal he's like how about that chilly weather hey oh the freaking weather, <laughs> uh, the weather. forget about it um the weather but then the cop walks away and shoots himself in the head we see him fall and then people start playing like hot potato with the gun mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> just... how, how many bullets does that gun have? I asked Tim, and Tim's like, they could have anywhere from five to eight bullets. Actually, if it's a if it's like a Glock, I believe like fifteen wow. in the clip that or is, in the chamber. That is a lot. So. That is a lot of people that could use that gun. <laughs> well, that's what happens. Like someone shoots himself in the head, the gun drops, the next person goes over and grabs it. It's and, very organized. And you know what? It's it's not unsurprising either because given their whatever that word is to guns, they all know how to oh. use them. Like I wouldn't know how to use a gun. It wouldn't work for me. I'd be like click click and it wouldn't work i don't know how to use a gun <laughs> see i'm not even sure like a place like philadelphia i don't know how how big they are on the, the whole gun culture and the reason why it'd be harder for someone in canada to really know about it is because well handguns are restricted weapons mm. you have to go jump through a lot of hoops uh to own one so in order to know how to use one as well but again it's just movie it's movie guns so there's nothing stopping them from working no we need we definitely need to address a lot of the cliched uh b-movie stuff in regards to this movie one of them being like just guns just work for everybody everybody knows how to use them Mm -hmm. so everybody knows how to use gun everybody's aim is perfect Mm -hmm. They can, um, they can hit themselves in the head and die immediately. Yep. <laughs> yep. Although I love that when the first person dies, when the cop shoots himself, there's like a little hole of blood and then it just like squirts out like <laughs> afterwards. That was, yeah. <laughs> also, did you guys know that this is M. Night Shyamalan's only R-rated movie? Really? And I was actually shocked that it was rated R. Pretty sure it was like 14A in the Maritimes. Well, yeah, obviously nothing's rated R It was most definitely 14A. Which means it was probably rated R mostly for... No, language wasn't all that bad. No, was no language no. wasn't bad. I think it was just because some of the imagery was uh, more intense than his usual stuff. Yeah, but... Like blood I, squirting out of a head hole. I find it weird that the movie didn't have a trigger warning. <laughs> those, those didn't exist back then. Like, the movie needs a trigger warning. Oh, because of all the, like... You mean the suicide montages? Yeah, like this, like the whole movie is just a giant montage to suicide. Yeah, I mean it's it's like the scene in Faithful Findings, but a whole movie. I can't wait to see that movie. <laughs> you are you, you. It's so good. Uh, so after this, uh, so we this is basically to establish that it's happening in Philadelphia too, and we get uh, on on the train. People start to get reports that the uh, this this is happening in Philly. Um, Alma is still getting calls from her old pal Joey again. Joey. The voice, the voice of no. M Night Shyamalan. Which Joey is it though? Is it Joey Tribbiani, Tribbiani or yes. Joey, the hot guy from Blossom? <laughs> Whoa. Or, Whoa. Or Joey Buttafuoco. <laughs> Joey Buttafuoco. <laughs> that would be fantastic. That would, that, that would be my top pick. We ate Tara Misu. <laughs> Misu? Tara Yusu? <laughs> Lizzie's really upset about this mispronunciation. No. And then... I mean, you get the right pronunciation in Superbad, but then in this movie, it's Tiramisu. I bet you Zoe Deschanel was like, can I just, like, I can't quite get it. Can I just say something else, else like dinner like, or something? I, He's I like, don't... I bet you M. Night is just like, uh, my words are fucking poetry. You read what's on the goddamn page. That's At his... this point in his career, he might have been. That's his directing style. You goddamn say what I write. Well, I mean, there there have been some stories about Mr. Shyamalan being okay. a, a bit of a dictator, so... That's the penis that grows off of a potato. Let's just say that he hasn't... Um, there's only been, like, one cinematographer he's worked with more than once. <laughs> oh. So, there you go. 
so yeah, they find it, and, and at this time, Julian uh, John Leguizamo is trying to call his wife, and you know they're having the phones breaking up. It's breaking up. Text me, tell me what's going on. And do you see and, those phones? Oh, there's a ama- amazing like, phone. Not a single person has a smartphone. It's 2008. Yeah, those weren't a thing. Really. No, they were. I had an iPhone 3G at that point. Yeah, smartphones were definitely around. They just weren't. They, yeah, they weren't as prevalent. No, they were out of people's price range. Well, even if they right. weren't weren't prevalent, though, like there isn't a single one. <laughs> like they're all flip phones. Yeah, they're all like. Well, the movie is probably filmed before two thousand eight. Let's be honest. But the big smartphone at the time would have been the iPhone, right? It was the only yeah. smartphone. So if they wanted to use that, they probably would have had to secure the rights to use it in the movie. Yeah, and that. That would have jumped the budget probably about a hundred yeah. million dollars. <laughs> I would have loved if they just put a, like a piece of tape over the Apple symbol. <laughs> just put a pair like, on it like uh, Nickelodeon. <laughs> Nailed it. Moving on. Next scene. Done. So they they get they make it their way to the or this, the train ends up stopping and in Mark Wahlberg in Dilbert. Yeah, Dilbert was it? Philbert. Philbert. Philbert right. Philbert. Yeah, like the turtle. Like the turtle from it, Rocco's Modern Life. It's. Basically, what happens at the end of Escape from L.A., where an EMP explodes and all electricity just stops. Coming soon. <laughs> so, they, yeah, they, they stop in this little town, and Mark Wahlberg has a discussion with the conductors. Like, what are you doing? Why are we stopping here? I don't understand. Where are we? I'm a teacher, but I don't know my own state. Silver, Pennsylvania, sir. Yeah, you haven't even left the state, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, they're in New York State, no. No, Filbert, Pennsylvania. Brendan, what? Could you point out Tatamagoosh on the map? Nope. Tatamagoosh. Okay. Hey, New Brunswick. Oh, I thought you were talking about Taramasu again. You mispronounced it. <laughs> I was eating Tatamagoosh. I with... am calling it that for the rest of my life. <laughs> Tatamagoosh. Yes, could I get a slice of Tatamagoosh? <laughs> Excuse me. You mean me? tiramisu? That's exactly what I said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the conductors are like, no, we have to stop. We've lost all contact with everyone. And yeah, the train is getting cut off. So you're going to have to stay in fucking Felbert, Pennsylvania for a while. Worst so the- customer service ever. <laughs> he's very blunt. Yeah, he's um, just like, hi. Yeah, this is what happened. I'm going to ignore you now and talk to my buds. It's crazy. Poor customer service. That's <laughs> crazy. It took me a second to realize you were doing that again. Like, they. They paid crazy. for those golden tickets, which I thought were pieces of powdered pasta. But well, didn't uh, Leguizamo say they were? It was like trying to get uh, the Cabbage Pats ki- kids when they first came out. That's a weird reference. In, in two thousand and eight, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I got the reference because I have so many Cabbage Patch kids, and I'm sure that's what my parents felt like. But he would have been. Now, he would have been too I think young. Tickle me Elmo, yeah, yeah, would have been. Now, wouldn't choice. it have made more sense since we were just talking about this? If the reference was like, it's harder to get a ticket than the new iPhone, mm-hmm. or a Furby, or a Tickle me Elmo, something. Actually, th- th- those were more closer to the nineties, actually. Yeah. Well, the Tickle me Elmo was for sure. Mm-hmm. It's harder I- to get a ticket than uh, it's harder to get a ticket than to a ticket to the new Mark Wahlberg film because it's so busy because it's sold out because everyone loves Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Mark, does that really have to be in the script? Just put it in, okay? <laughs> I just want people to go see my movies. I'm always playing a cop. How's your mother? <laughs> How's your mother? Say hi to her for me. We should work together sometime. 
<laughs> so anyway, they're in this diner now at this point, and Mark Wahlberg has this wacky conversation with Julian's daughter about a mood ring that he yeah. carries around. And he's like, mm-hmm. put on this mood ring. He's like, oh, it's yellow. That means you're about to laugh. You're about to laugh. I certainly was about to laugh. <laughs> then he starts poking her. Like, yeah, don't touch me. Me too. <laughs> Adult, adult, stranger danger. <laughs> and then shortly after this, I think might be my favorite, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is <laughs> the this lady is like brain zoo. <laughs> yeah, because this lady literally goes, oh my God, look at this video I just got from a friend. And it's a man oh. that walks into a lion cage and he just stands there casually and gets his arms ripped off by a lion. And then... It didn't show it enough, though. I was pretty disappointed. <laughs> That's why the R rating thing kind of surprises me. I'm like, you could have gone yeah. further with that, M. Night. Yeah, you could have shown the first arm <laughs> being ripped off. Yeah. But it, it looks... It, it's so fucking ridiculous. Oh, yeah. That line rips it off in one swift go. Like, that's... No. <laughs> There's too many tendons and muscles that need to separate. Like, that line would have to gnaw on that for quite a while. <laughs> I want so that scene. Go. Extended version. <laughs> And then the lady's just like, Mother of God, what kind of terrorists are these? <laughs> like, what? Like, I'm like, you still best, think it's terrorists? <laughs> the best kind of terrorists. Like, if I had to envision a terrorist attack, this would be the best. <laughs> What's your plan? I'm going to get people to walk into lion cages and get their arms ripped off. <laughs> I'm going to get people to walk backwards. <laughs> Fuck, Brad. That's fucking dark. <laughs> well, I say, you know. I got issues. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't say I. I didn't say I was perfect. Wait, are you from New York? But I mean, like this is this is the perfect terrorist attack, though. Yeah, like, you don't have to take any responsibility. No one ever suspects the trees. <laughs> oh, Monty Python's the happening. Okay, don't don't generalize. It's not just trees. Yeah, that's actually kind of plant racist of you, Nathan. Well, no, actually, no, and they they do take me to school on my less than woke. Outlook on trees and and uh, mm-hmm. other plant life. I mean, this this whole movie happened because Justin dressed up as a tree and they got pissed. It was cultural appropriation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're so topical. Uh, he played a tree in his like his third grade school play. I mm-hmm. get you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cultural appropriation. The trees are like. That's racist. We have to kill everyone. <laughs> okay, we have to move on with the plot. Okay. So, uh, Elliot and uh, Alma, they find out basically, okay, they, they hear from the TV uh, newscast that says it's not a terrorist attack. It's likely a natural phenomena and that this toxin switches off the part of the brain that keeps us from harming ourselves. Because that's just like one section of the brain, I guess. Mm-hmm. And... So they're trying to like they're like oh we gotta get a drive with someone and all these cars are like driving off like the t- where did all these people get cars they all came from the train um oh yeah I never <laughs> even thought about that that's that's what I think about every time I'm like where did these cars come from why aren't these people just are they stealing these cars Let's- but like why would those cars even be there to steal yeah well, like. N- I could see, like, a few people being there. I mean, they, obviously they can support a diner, so there might be a few cars there, but, yeah, but a, a packed parking lot? All those, all those people came from a train. And, like, that parking lot was fuller than my movie theater on Monday, so... And Monday's busy night. 
Monday is busy night. <laughs> um, so Elliot and Alma finally find someone this like I just call them weird plant guy. Um, no, 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 hippies. no. He is he's weird old Martin Star. <laughs> That's that's a fair assessment. <laughs> yeah, I, I can concur with that. Meanwhile, uh, Julian is like, listen, I want you to take care of my kid because i got to go find my wife. She's not answering. I want to make sure she's okay. And then Zoe Deschanel is like, okay, or Alma is like, okay, sure. Grabs her, grabs and Jess. And he yells at her. Well, yeah, he yeah. He yells at Zoe Deschanel. He's like, don't touch her unless you mean it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, don't take my daughter's hand unless you mean it. That was crazy. I was like, you just asked them to look after her, <laughs> right? What do you want to do? Like grab grab her shoulder? Like what? <laughs> don't touch my daughter. And then and then Julian is like, okay, we got to Let's 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 say some percentages so we can calm down. I'm like, who wrote this fucking movie? This is like an alien wrote this movie. Well, yeah, and then the car starts to drive away without him. <laughs> and then he, he quickly gets in. I want to ask right now, did any of you, did either of you guys notice who was the driver in the car with John Leguizamo? Was that Dante? It was fucking Dante from Clerks. Was it Dante? Because I wrote in my notes, is that Dante? Whoa, <laughs> I did not notice Brian that. Brian O'Halloran in a role where his face is barely on camera, he has no lines, and he's just... You can see the goatee, though. Yep. It's the goatee that did it for me. I was like, is that Dante? I mean, to be fair... To be, to be fair. Oh, you both did. Oh my god. You watch Letter Kenny? Well, yeah. Oh my god, I love that movie. This is like show. a moment show. of this is a, this is a moment on the show. To be fair. Never had to a guest fair. do it back. No. Um usually they just they just laugh, think we're being idiots. Yep. No. No, I've been watching a lot of that show lately. So they split up. Uh they take the kid. They go to this guy's like uh, greenhouse his hot dog farm oh my god yes the hot dogs so he's he <laughs> oh he's no like, there's so many things to unpack with these hippies well they go hot. to this they go to the 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 greenhouse and the guy's mm-hmm. like listen i packed hot dogs which i figured they'd be vegetarian for some reason yeah and then he yeah. goes vegan they'd be vegan yeah and then he goes we're packing hot dogs for the road you know hot dogs get a bad rap they got a cool shape they got protein you like hot dogs right Actually, actually, no. He wouldn't be a vegan because he's a plant lover, so he doesn't eat plants. That's why he, he eats, eats hot dogs. Meat. Yeah, he likes hot dogs. It's like five different animals. And his his greenhouse or his farm is in like shouting distance to Three Mile Island. <laughs> uh, shouting distance to a nuclear power plant. Yeah, Three Mile Pennsylvania, Island. Three Mile Island. Why does he have that line about hot dogs? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan loves hot dogs and he wants and, everyone to know. Okay, so, but that that brings up the next part where he's asking if everybody likes hot dogs. And when he gets to Zoe, she says no, but like in a really smiley, emphatic way. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. don't She's be crazy. Barely holding on, try not to laugh. I think so. Yeah. See? Her laugh face every five seconds in that movie. Can you blame her? She that that actually that is the greatest acting in that movie is that they are not breaking character and laughing. That's true acting. <laughs> well, I guess like I laugh too is when he asks her if she likes hot dogs. He makes like the craziest eyes at her. <laughs> yeah. So you know they pack their hot dogs, even though I guess Alma's just gonna fucking starve, and they <laughs> and they uh, they go on the road. Well, they can't eat the plants. No. Well, if they eat the plants, they'll die. Maybe that's the cure. You just eat it. <laughs> <laughs> just chop 
Just burn the earth. But um, before they head on the road, also we get his uh, plant guy's theory that uh, that it's the plants doing it. Yeah. So end the movie right there. Yeah. Because that's the, that's what was actually they ruined the movie halfway through it. Halfway through it. I think we're like a good hour to this thing. But no, I, I'm questioning the it being ruined. Oh. <laughs> just at this moment, like not several before. Actually, the trailer ruins the whole movie. It, yeah, it does. But, um... The movie ruins the whole movie. Meanwhile, we go over to Julian. Julian is with this uh, this family in the van, and uh, they come across the fucking dozens of people just hanging from trees over the road. And so he's like, okay, calm down, calm down, let's do some math. Let's do some fucking math, all right? Let's just calm down. That that would calm me down. Yeah, that wouldn't stress math. me out at all. Math? I would freak out more at math than hanging people from trees. <laughs> oh my god, that person's dead! Holy shit, is that a multiplication table? <laughs> <laughs> What's 25 multiple by... Yeah, and then he looks up at the roof, and there's like a little cut. And that means the air is coming in. And he's kind of like, oh shit. We cut a, uh, cut to like a longer like a longer shot out. The car stops and then just fucking careens into a tree. <laughs> because everyone's infected now. Yeah. yeah. John Leguizamo <laughs> slowly gets out of the car. Although it looks like he, he didn't even get... Like he just literally just walks out of the car. Um, sits down. He literally lays down in the street to die. Yep, he slits his wrists. Yeah, but I mean, not everyone is 100% the first time they try it. So how are all these people succeeding? <laughs> You're saying there should be a lot of, like, half-dead people walking around? There should be. There should be a lot of half-dead people. <laughs> Maybe That's exactly It seems to me that everyone who gets affected is, they're going for broke, regardless. <laughs> Lindsay, I think Lindsay is is criticizing the film on the lack of twitchers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like it's not, it's not realistic. If oh, I could have played The Last of Us instead of watching this movie, I'd have been happy. So we um, go back to the group. Yes. And Mark Wahlberg, they take this is the part where they take the phone from the, the phone call from the little girl. Uh. No, no, no. No. Not yet. Oh, almost. They're, they're they're driving with the crazies. Yes. And then they're like, are those dead animals? Timothy Oliphant's in the car? <laughs> and it's like, oh, honey, we have some binoculars we used to spy on our neighbors having sex. Yeah. Let's use those. <laughs> yep. We, we, again, yeah. weird justification. Just say, I've got binoculars in the back. We don't need the... Yeah. <laughs> don't understand. Yeah, we don't yeah. need the commentary. Yeah. We don't need to know why. But yeah, it's, and, and they end up at this like impasse where all these cars also end up. And a military policeman who is clearly fucking George <laughs> Goober from fucking Mayberry. He really likes cheese and crackers. Oh, my God. Oh. Cheese and crackers. And like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> they talk to... rated R. <laughs> I know. Cheese and but... crackers. <laughs> but here's the thing with it. He has said that... Chamalon, he uh, has said that uh, it was supposed to be an homage to 50s filmmaking, and everybody says Where? bullshit. Yeah. Where? Where is it an homage to 50s filmmaking? Cheese and crackers. Cheese and crackers. That's a that would have been. It's just like place. a very old-fashioned 
Yeah, like that you would see in like a fifties B movie horror movie where they couldn't swear. <laughs> yeah. Or an Archie comic. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's exactly it. Cheese and crackers, Jughead. Look, if if you have the if you have the time, watch any of those old fifties or sixties uh, movies with like a mystery science theater episode, and what nobody swears. They say the weirdest things, especially if you can get one with Peter Graves, because this movie feels like it would have been a Peter Graves movie from the fifties at sometimes. Yeah. So this whole movie's just ironic then. Well. well. That's I, what he said. Yeah. This M. is M. Night Shyamalan's just giggling, the, being like, oh, I'm a genius. No, the <laughs> thing is, M. Night, Sha- M. Night um, at first, when this movie was coming out, he was pushing it as a thriller, as like an environmental, environmentally, you know, it, it's got this big environmental message. It's a thriller. Global warming. Yeah. It's real. Exactly. Right. It's scary. It's blah, blah, blah. And then after the reviews start rolling in, he was like, oh, guys, it was, a, it was just a B movie. It was just, it was just a, a silly joke. thing. I was just kidding. It's like when Tommy Wiseau found out that people thought the room was funny, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I make comedy." Yeah, like he did it on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad everyone likes it. It's funny. It's good comedy. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. 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 Mark, say hi to your mother. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, all these cars started coming up, and uh, people are saying like, "Oh yeah, we saw dead people back there. We saw dead people back there." And I was like, "Okay, sixth sense. Calm down." They start having this. They start having this meeting, and we, hilariously, the army guy's like, "Okay, this guy here, he's a realtor. He'll tell us where there's no people." <laughs> yeah, because well, he would know. Right. That's that's my Shangri La. No people. <laughs> yeah, I want to go to fucking Filbert or whatever. I've got a question, and maybe maybe I missed something here, but I, I do have a question here. Um, they all decide to like go off in a group and like find this place, right? Right. Why do they leave their cars? Because they have to walk through the field. Why didn't Why didn't they just drive through the field? Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, if it was like their small cars, then maybe not. But at, they at least had a couple of like their the hippies. Their vehicle was like a station wagon, a little higher ground clearance. Mm. Yeah. Also, also, the air is what they're trying to avoid. <laughs> right. Yeah, they... So roll up the windows and turn out uh, shut the vents. Yeah. But at this point, it was all theories. True. And, and know, we may never, never know never, what, what hey, caused hey. the whole thing. They, they will, that, that, was, that was foreshadowing for the entire movie. They may never know. <laughs> but, like, that's the thing. Like, the, the least they know is that it's probably dangerous to be outside. Yes. Yeah. And their first thought is, but. let's walk outside. And that's what I, I have. I have the note. I suspect the trees. Hmm, I better go hang out in the field. Yeah. yeah, with all the plants. <laughs> we even had that scene earlier where Crazy Plant Guy was like, the trees can talk to the bushes and the bushes to the grass. <laughs> yes. Did you guys notice that there was like almost no wildlife in that movie? Yeah, there's like dogs, that's it. Lions. That's it. There's, there's <laughs> yeah, <nothing>. lions. <laughs> there's no lions. birds, no insects. Like, they were smart. They got the hell out of there. Yeah, they're like, fuck this shit. We're not going to kill ourselves. <laughs> I, uh... Let's see here. Oh, uh, and of course, all this is happening. People are dying. They don't know what's going to kill them, when they're going to go crazy and kill themselves. This is a perfect time to talk about that time I kind of sort of cheated on you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, because she finally comes uh, comes clear about Joey. Yeah. And she says, Tiramisu? 
Mm-hmm. She had tiramisu with him, and uh, she's like, "Look, we just had dessert, and then that was it, and I, nothing happened. But it almost happened. I wanted it to happen, but I didn't, and then it didn't, and I don't know what to do." And he's and then he was just like, "What?" He's like, "No." <laughs> he's like, "You lied to me," and then that's that's that gets dropped for a while. Well, it's like it was more of an omission. Like she didn't lie to him. She you just know didn't tell why? Him. Because it's the end of the world, possibly. <laughs> We don't need to talk about this right now. Also, it's not yeah. like it, it. Like you said, though, it's not like she cheated on him. Like no, she ate dessert. <laughs> tiramisu. Yeah. <laughs> like if if she had been like, and then you know, like he, I kissed him. Then that would be different. Yeah, or you know, rated R material. Yeah. yeah. Finger banged but in no. the back of a jeep. I get it. <laughs> Snowballed a guy. I mean. Snowballed. <laughs> It's either go big or go home on this podcast. It's like, it's like our third clerks reference today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not enough. Got to do one every day. Yeah. So, the, and then and then they start to split off into groups. Uh, Mark Wahlberg's group is a smaller one, and he hears he suddenly hears like gunshots in the distance. So the larger group just starts they start killing themselves. And well, first, my firearm is my friend. Yes, because the the MP guy goes section eight. Yeah, and he start he kills himself first, and then everybody one by one starts doing it. Um, and this is the moment I talked about earlier, where uh, Mark Wahlberg's like, "Give me a goddamn second to think what we should do," and he's like, "Come on, be scientific, douchebag." And that's and then Zoe Deschanel completely straight faced. Are those people killing themselves, or maybe that was another lady? Who knows? She's like, "I don't want to be the asshole that doesn't do anything." We're not it's assholes. Like, well, uh, it's called fight or flight preservation. Save yourself. <laughs> Life advice from Lindsay. There we go. You need like a little, a little like theme there. Like mm-hmm. the more you know, with the star going over like NBC. This is where Mark Wahlberg calculates that the villain is the wind. No, he doesn't calculate. He's a science teacher, not a math teacher. My. Apologies. He weighs out the variables, Nathan. Yes. Well, actually, I believe there's a heavy component of math used in science. I mean, mm. yeah, that that's where I failed in science. I feel like it's completely separate. Yeah. <laughs> With yeah. no crossover at all. No one's ever, no scientist ever in the history of the world has ever uttered the phrase "if my calculations are correct." No, they say if my scientifics are accurate. <laughs> if I did the sciencing right. <laughs> So, um, it's down basically at this point because the whole group just killed themselves. So it's down to it's down to uh, Elliot, uh, Mark Wahlberg, of course, Alma, the young girl Jess, and two teenagers. One of which is Spencer Breslin, uh, and they find a, uh, a a model home. And I gotta say, I think no, and I, I, I think you know we said this is one of my favorite scenes. This is one of the most ridiculous scenes. This this is my favorite scene. They're in this model home. Mark Wahlberg sees a plant, and he talks, and he has an entire conversation. Yep. Hello. My name is Elliot Moore. I'm just going to talk in a very positive manner, giving off good vibes. We're just here to use the bathroom. Then we're just going to leave. I hope that's okay. Plastic. Talking to a plastic plant. I'm still doing it. You didn't feel like an idiot when you were talking to a regular plant? (laughs) 
You didn't feel like an idiot as soon as you uttered the first lines of this movie? <laughs> well, he was... That's fair. But uh, he did say, the the hippie guys, because uh, he was talking to his plants, he was basically just, you know, thought he could, like, soft talk his way around the plant. Don't kill me. Not here. Because remember that hippie told me that the plants, mm-hmm. you could talk to plants and they he, react? Nathan, oh, it's plastic. I'm still talking to it. Why am I talking to a plastic plant? Nathan, he literally has a line where he says, I'm giving off positive vibes. Yes. <laughs> um. So after that, they... They uh, decide. Okay, we gotta we gotta keep moving. I guess I forget why they have to leave. They just want to find a different area. Well, no, Not- they think that everyone's gonna come to the model home right. because it seems safe, and they don't want to be around a large group of people. Right, and it's so- also yeah, it's close to the uh, the road. And yeah, you're right. It's because they suspect that the larger uh, groups that they're in, the well, you know, it'll Mark trigger Wahlberg an attack. Suspects. Yeah, yeah. There were only five people in that jeep. <laughs> He's the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> he he science specs. Enron? Mm. He sciences everything. But yeah, but they, there were only there were five people in that jeep. That's a pretty small group. I don't see how mm. that would have set off the uh, the mm. virus. Oh no! Every every like thing. every aspect of this movie is like super in terms of like the logic of the attack. It con it contradicts yeah, all the time. Mm. Like there's stuff the that doesn't movie. make any sense. Like that little tiny slit in the roof caused everyone in that jeep to become infected. But like later, Mark Wahlberg is literally running. The wind is right in his face, and nothing happens. Like, yeah. Uh, well, no, it's because the trees are like. Well, he's a science teacher, so he can help us. <laughs> he's one of the. He's one so. of the good ones, Rory. <laughs> So let's get to the scene that everybody associates with this movie. Wait a minute. Do you think it was like the Ents from Lord of the Rings? <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's actually completely it. Okay. They, they just, they came, they woke up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We, uh, yes, Nathan, go ahead. Well, this is the scene that everyone associates with the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, another group shows up at the, the oh, model yeah. home. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And oh no, the group is—it's too big. They're setting off the virus. One of them goes over, turns on a giant lawnmower used for like uh, farms, de- well, or golf courses. Yeah, and uh, turns it on and just lays down in front of it. Yeah, yeah. and then Mar- Mark Wahlberg's like, "Everyone, run away, so I can watch them all die." <laughs> he's just standing there watching it. He's—he's he's <laughs> secretly a sadist. Like, no emotion on his face as he's watching them die. What? No. That's crazy. And uh, that's at the point where I was like, this movie had zero trigger warnings. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they run off and they find out that, uh, or actually before they, as they run off, we actually see a newscast. Nobody, we, they don't see the newscast, but we see it um, where we see a family uh, sitting in a bathtub in Jacksonville, Florida. And mm-hmm. the newscast says, you know what? It's probably going to peak in the morning, this toxin, and then it'll probably die down sharply after that. Yeah, they know exactly what's up. But <clears throat> nobody in Florida would have been affected. No. No, but they. I, I did think it was a weird visual when they were all in the bathtub together. <laughs> like it was an earthquake or something. Yeah. You don't, you don't go to a bathtub when there's an earthquake. You're supposed to go under a table. Or actually, in the middle... You're supposed to run into the middle of like a giant field. Where nothing can fall on you, and then the plants will kill you. 
I actually just thought it was M. Night Shyamalan's statement that Pennsylvania is just Florida of the North. <laughs> M. Night loves Pennsylvania, man. Okay. <laughs> That's his shit. The only mo- I'm surprised the last Airbender twist wasn't that it was in Pennsylvania the whole time. <laughs> that would have made the movie marginally better. <laughs> oh, coming soon. This is when the the little girl's swinging on the. No, no, no! Oh, you oh, missed no? the inappropriate sex talk with the teenagers. Oh my god! <laughs> Where they're giving him advice. They, they, they give him in relationship. Dude, why advice. don't you have children? Yeah. So the, yeah, the two teenagers, Spencer Breslin and the other guy, uh, they're they're like yeah. Spencer Breslin actually hasn't talked by this point. No, they've just been kind of there. And then when I saw him, I was like, wait, is that the half man? <laughs> Two and a half men. And then um, they're like. You gotta, you gotta giving him like marriage advice and shit. And Mark Wahlberg's like, okay, thanks, that's great. Can you stop? Yeah, they so they go like like Nathan said. Jess finds a little like rope swing uh, suspended from a tree, and she starts swinging on it. And Mark Wahlberg's like, hey, maybe don't go by the tree, okay? He thinks yeah. it's gonna stir up the trees. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, the the little girl needs exactly ten minutes of rest and food. <laughs> ten minutes of rest. Ten minutes. I can't even get to sleep in ten minutes. Me what what I have a note that and that says cough syrup conversation. Oh yes. So to get back at her, to get back at Alma, um, Elliot says that if we're gonna die, I want you to know something. I was in a pharmacy a while ago. There was a really good looking pharmacist behind the counter. Really good looking. I went up and I asked where the cough syrup was. I didn't even have a cough. And I almost bought it. I'm talking about a completely superfluous bottle of cough syrup. That's like six bucks. Are you joking? Thank you. Thank you for what? For joking. You're a tiramisu. That's the ultimate betrayal. Oh, a drinking game. Anybody that's listening, anytime Lindsay says tiramisu. Take a drink. If if I had tiramisu with some other dude, my husband would leave me. <laughs> Even if he said he went to the pharmacy and bought cough syrup for no reason? Yeah, he's always talking about how hot the pharmacists are, though, so... (laughs) It's pretty normal in our relationship. The funny thing is, it's Gladys, and she's like 75 years old. (laughs) So, you know, this is... they, They happen upon this house, which is apparently occupied by lunatics. Yep. No, that's just... that's just the South. They're in Pennsylvania. It's getting close to the south. <laughs> no, it nope. Isn't. No, it is not. Just a, it's another Tuesday in the U.S. Because Pennsylvania is on the border of like fucking Tennessee or something. <laughs> Which just goes to my earlier point that Pennsylvania is the Florida of the North. There you go. Yeah, these guys are crazy. These this couple is crazy. But I mean, to the. Uh, in their defense, Spencer Breslin is being like, knock the fucking door down, bitch! Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking... I'm gonna fucking kill you! This little girl needs some fucking food, you fucking bitches! And ten minutes of rest. <laughs> and ten minutes of rest. And how do they respond? Shotgun to the belly. Shotgun to the belly of one teenager, and then shotgun to the head of the other one. Yeah, I knew they weren't gonna make it. I was not expecting that. No, them just shoot the two teenagers in the fucking gut in the head with a shotgun. Yep. 
that and I'm guessing that's one of the things that garnered the R rating. Oh yeah, definitely. Any killing of children or people under the age of eighteen. That's why Wolverine was rated R. Oh, uh, Logan or eighteen A. Yeah. Yeah. Logan because of the violence against children. Yeah. Because that's all that matters if a child's being violated, not an adult. Oh, time to revive that hashtag, Brendan. <laughs> hashtag child murder. There you go. <laughs> Next, we get the <laughs> we get the montage of all the people over various areas of the country, because I have the West Virginia gas mask grannies and a militia in New- in Nebraska. By the way, gas mask grannies, I think that might be the best band name you've had uh, come up on the show. Punk band. Yep. Yep. Wow. Next punk band. Yep. Do it up. Punk slash. Screamo, heavy metal, death. God, God damn it, no. Mm-hmm. I think of more early New York hardcore, like Black Flag, or maybe West Coast with the Dead Kennedys. I was thinking <laughs> I was thinking like a band like Fear. Okay, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah that they yeah. can go on SNL and destroy the set. That yeah, because that's, that's punk rock, baby. Yeah. So the happening. I was just, in my notes, I said, listen to our voices. We're perfectly normal. <laughs> oh, what the... Oh, yeah, doesn't he sing a song? We're perfectly normal. On Blackwater, keep on rolling. Mississippi moon, won't you keep on shining on me? See? We're normal. Oh, that's it. That's how he's trying to prove to the... That's how he's trying to prove to the other people, the ones who killed the kids, that they were normal and not infected. Uh, so moving on from there, they uh, Elliot finally comes, uh, comes across another house, and there's an old lady there, played by Betty Buckley, and, and the best character in the whole movie. I would say this is the most realistic performance in the movie. <laughs> like, the most lasting impression in my life. <laughs> yes. There's people that are, you know, you you think about your life in two sections, Lindsay. Pre-Betty Buckley and the happening and post-Betty Buckley and the happening. Well, it, yeah, she but... is the WrestleMania baseball cap of this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. She... Absolutely. She saves this movie. She, yeah, she's she's great, and uh, even when she's, she's going crazy, like she's the only one with emotion. Yeah, she's just like, oh fuck, I have to save this movie from all these assholes. Yeah, I've got. She's a bit of a bipolar hermit, though. Yeah, yeah. But she's trying. She's the only one trying in this whole movie. Which I mean, I'm not blaming anyone else for not trying because they probably read no. the script and were like, oh fuck, what did I sign up for? Yeah, and now they're stuck in the contract. Uh, I'm guessing she only had to do one or two days. So she she lives there kind of cut off from the world, and she's like, I suppose I've got to invite you in for supper now. And so (laughs) I'm like, I guess. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Passive-aggressive invite. Right? She she passively-aggressively does everything. She invites them for supper. She invites them to sleep with her. Like What? In her house. Oh, okay. Sorry. That came out wrong. I was like, I missed that. She uh she does she slaps the kid's hand when she reaches okay. for a cookie. Oh my god, she slaps the child. She's like, "Don't touch things that aren't yours." And then and everyone just sits there and being like, "Yep, that's normal. That's and fine." Then, Slap the child. I love how subtly in the background a few seconds later she just hands her the cookie. Right? <laughs> nah. Well, that that's literally how boomers treat us. Yeah. Yeah, they're just like, "You're rude and disrespectful. Give me what I want." And a, an important plot detail she tells us here, though, is that uh, there are there is a tube connecting this house, uh, the house to uh, all the other rooms. 
Because it was a slave house. Uh, where, well, where slaves would uh, would hide or whatever. Yeah, it was a stop on the Underground Railroad. <laughs> and then they, uh, so, so Elliot and uh, Alma go into the room. The kid is sleeping. And she's like, man, I don't, there's something exorcisty about this old lady that I really don't like. And she's like, and he's like, look, we're just going to have to deal with her, okay? And then quite possibly... <laughs> kill her. <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like. So I don't, I totally understand what happens next because he turns around and sees the old lady at the bottom of the stairs and she's Mrs. like... Mrs. Jones. Her name yeah, is Mrs. Mrs. Jones. Mrs. Jones and me tell each other fairy tales, yes. Yeah. Uh, and Mr. she says... Mr. Jones is at the bar. <laughs> she says... Uh, <laughs> I hear you whispering... Planning on stealing something? No, ma'am, we're not. Plan on murdering me in my sleep? What? No. It's the craziest delivery of a line I've ever seen. It's the best delivery because there is absolutely zero emotion. Because they are not talking. They're not on the same set. That, no. <laughs> they, they, they're, it's full on... Down the barrel, they're talking to the camera shot. Yeah, because yep. the person on the other end of the camera has a gun to their head. <laughs> and it's like, act, monkeys. Um, I, I also like to think that, like, it would make sense. The delivery would make a little bit more sense to me if Mark Wahlberg's motivation was, you guys are planning on killing her. Yeah. Because that sounds like he's doing a shitty job of covering it. Yeah. He's like, what? No. Yeah. But he's <laughs> not. They, I lie. But they have no plans on killing her. No. <laughs> he genuinely means no. Like, we're not talking about that at all. What are you talking about? <laughs> You're going to beat me till I'm blind. <laughs> oh, my God. He's like, what? Oh, oh I did that once. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. It's Sorry. on your record. Let's, let's fast forward to the next morning. Yes. Yeah, Mrs. Jones. Uh, and me. And me. Tell each other fairy tales. We stare at the beautiful woman, Mrs. Jones. She's just out in her garden, taking a stroll. Yeah. Well, no, at first we get that Annabelle exchange. Oh, yes, yes, the doll. <gasps> I thought, uh, to me, I was like, oh, she's the grandmother of Brahms from The Boy. <laughs> Honestly? <laughs> I thought that they were all hallucinating, and she was just a doll all along. Oh, fuck, that would have been amazing. <laughs> right? Like, that would have been a great twist. That was, that Shyamalan, what are you doing? That's your twist. Like, he missed it. Was she an angel? Did she save us? <laughs> They're, they were in purgatory the whole time. Oh, shit, it's a real Jacob's Ladder situation. But yeah, so, continue. He thinks he's talking to her, and then you, he realize that he's talking to a doll and but she is like skulking behind and she comes in and just starts freaking out at him telling them they gotta get out because they were gonna steal her stuff they're gonna steal her ring she's gollum (laughs) (laughs) you can't take my precious (laughs) that's basically what she was emulating she was just like i'm gonna do gollum I'm gonna t- What'd you say? Here? What was the what's the actress's name again? Uh, Betty Buckley. Betty Buckley. So Andy Circus as Betty Buckley mm-hmm. in the happening. Okay. <laughs> M Knight, I'm gonna do um, Andy Circus here because uh, I don't care what you tell me to do. <laughs> That's why her role was so great. <laughs> Betty, I would appreciate if you. I'll murder you in your sleep. Um, all right, action. 
And then, yeah, so she goes out to her garden and then gets infected. Yeah. Like shoulder tackling, headbutting the house at one point. <laughs> yeah, that's how she that's how she kills herself. <laughs> she puts her head through the window and it doesn't work, so she tries a different one. So she just stabs her face with glass. Yep. Right through uh, the throat. And I love how when she's doing like the, the trance and like backwards walk, Mark Wahlberg still isn't sure what's going on yet and he's like, Ma'am, you okay? I'm like, you, you've you watched the same movie we did, right? <laughs> you've been involved. You were there when it happened. No, it was probably the first scene of the whole movie that they filmed. <laughs> Mark, I want you to act like this is the first time you're seeing it. M. Night, isn't this at minute 88? Okay, whatever you say. <laughs> Do you see Four Brothers? <laughs> He's so soft-spoken the whole movie. Like, their voices never go above a certain decibel. I think I think that's him trying to be a science teacher, because <laughs> he's usually a cop or a crook, right? So, right. So yeah, she 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 dies, and then he finds the this like little room there, right next to Zo- uh, Alma and Jess, and they can hear each other, of course, because of the tubes. Yeah, and you know and- they're they're out playing in the wind and the the <laughs> air because they don't know what's been going on for the last twenty four hours. Right. Exactly. Everybody in this movie is so stupid. He's basically like, listen, I don't want to die alone in this room. I'm coming over to you. I don't care. We can all die together. But just, I just, I want to, I want to be with you. Um, and they start re- uh, reminiscing about the, how they met. My favorite part about this discussion is he talks about how he gave her the mood ring. And she says, do you remember when I gave you that mood ring and it was purple and I said that meant you were in love? And then she's like, yeah. And then we took the chart out and found out it meant I was horny. <laughs> Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what you talk about in front of a child, first of all. That's the end of the world. It's different times, right? <laughs> oh, but now that, now that, you know, you know what happens next, they're going to have to explain, they're going to have to explain to that kid what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> but the conversation isn't just about the mood ring colors. Right. It's there's su- subtle subtext about their relationship. Did you get it? Oh. The difference between love and passion and how but they're further they, apart from it. And they had absolutely no passion that whole movie. <laughs> oh, there wasn't there wasn't even like a kiss. No. They don't even touch each other. No. Whoa, right. whoa, Lindsay, what were you expecting? Like here? they may have well been siblings. <laughs> Oh, so it's a reverse of our of last week's movie. Of the last that's, episode, yeah. That's, that's the twist at the end there, brother and sister. If they had had the chemistry of Maria Alonso and Santos from last week's movie, and Maria Alonso and Santos had the chemistry of these two for last week's movie, it would have been, it would have been perfect. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. It would have worked out just right. I get that they want to like hold each other and, and be together again. I still feel that some precautions may have been... Um, Warranted. I mean, I yeah, I get it. You guys want to see each other, but they don't even cover their mouths or faces when they go out to meet each other to hug. Nope. But luckily, when they go out together, when they go out there to hug, uh, the event is over. Nothing happens. The wind blows. That's the fucking way this thing ends. Basically. Honestly, yeah. I feel like their relationship was over, and they should have just ended it. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 bringing a child into a loveless marriage. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, an adopted so, child. <laughs> oh, Nathan, care to? Uh, so that's okay, right? They could just be like, "Well, you're our kid now, I guess." <laughs> yeah, don't even find out if the father's still alive because he didn't die on screen or anything. Uh, 
Well, and also, when we do pick up after the happening, how, how many months has it been? Three months. Yeah, oh. adoptions don't happen that fast. But first, but first, before that three-month thing, I wrote in my notes that they were crying, like, genuine tears because they knew their careers were over. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily they weren't. So, you know, three months later, uh, everything's, I guess, back to normal. Um, if we get an ADR yes. explanation in the worst lit CNN show. <sighs> and nobody cares. No, no, it's nope. just like, why, why, why? We don't, the, it's like, this is the, the planet is rejecting humans. This also could be just the beginning. And I'm like, cool, don't care. End the movie. Um, you know what, though? That's a commentary on real life. I mean, we see all this stuff in the news and we're like, yeah, it's not affecting me. Don't care. Move on. Yeah. The news doesn't affect us, Lindsay. I don't know if you know No, that. we're so desensitized now. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter what happens in the world because we'll be fine. Yeah. And if not, then we'll be dead. So who cares? <laughs> <laughs> so um alma is uh taking a pregnancy test she also like i feel like they didn't give her any direction on what to do while she's waiting for it mm-hmm. because she's yeah. like doing the most awkward like sauntering and stuff and i'm like m night shout something like it also makes her look like she's like freshly infected like this thing is back <laughs> yeah and it's joey's child <laughs> m night's like well, I'm playing Joey, so clearly it's going to be my child because I'm a stud. Tiramisu is a euphemism for sex. Take another drink, guys. Yeah, and then she finds that she's pregnant. Uh, she, you know, embraces um, uh, Elliot, I mean, in a very non-loving <laughs> loving hug. And she doesn't <laughs> actually say anything to him. She just looks at him all happy, and he's like, I'm happy too, I guess. Smash cut to the gardens at the uh the gar- a garden in paris france mm-hmm. and a french ashton kutcher <laughs> yep. Yep. they're they're uh so lashton kutcher they're <laughs> walking around discussing their plans for the evening uh-oh we hear a distant scream in french in french sacre bleu this could have been montreal though <sighs> Uh, no, it says it's France, I think. Okay. And it's also, like, I think it's, like, at the Louvre or something, or the garden near the Louvre or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it is. But, um, one of the guys says something about his bike, and then he repeats it, and then he repeats it again, and, and then, then the other guy says, oh my god. Uh, so get ready for the sequel, Lapening, <laughs> coming this summer. <laughs> Very good. Uh, well, you know, they had to repeat it. <clears throat> They had to repeat it three times what he was saying because they had to get the point across. It's happening again because no one would know that it's happening again. It's happening again. That's the I, w- I would have loved it. Wouldn't if- it be wild if this movie started out as a movie reboot for what's happening? <laughs> and just took a really weird turn during production and became an environmental thriller. M Night's like, I'll t- I'll take on the uh, adaptation of uh, what's happening. I'm oh, gonna no. make a few changes though. <laughs> just a okay. Rerun is now Mark Wahlberg. You know, if they Whoa. rename this movie and play it nowadays as a climate control uh, PSA, I think it would work. Wait a second, Nathan. So it's just another example of Hollywood whitewashing. Yes. Uh, so, Lindsay, as our guest, I'm going to ask you first. Mm-hmm. Would, I, I know the answer, I think, but would you recommend this film? I would. Yes. Yes, 100%? I, I would 100% recommend this film, especially if you're having a bad day. <laughs> okay. Uh, Nathan. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But again, with the same caveat as McBain, mm. watch it with some folks. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You it's need a support system. <laughs> and trigger so, warning. So it's not it's it's not a group of friends. It's 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 a support group of people who have watched the happening. Mm-hmm. So uh, we uh, of course we heard Jerry talk about his issues last week. Uh, now Marcy, would you like to open up? Um, yeah. So I it's been three days since I watched the happening. Um, you know the the headaches are going away, but. <laughs> The, uh, the persistent coughing fits are still an issue. Um, I have sweat. I sweat a lot at night. Um, and I can't walk straight line. <laughs> I end up walking backwards a lot of the time. Uh, I, I punched my science teacher in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna definitely agree with both of you. This is. This is like. Honestly, this movie is like the perfect kind of storm of bad movie, but like totally watchable. It's it's terrible, don't get me wrong. It's not a good movie at all. Mm-mm. But it's hilarious, unintentionally hilarious, totally watchable, super terrible movie. <laughs> it's great. Watch <laughs> it. Every second of it. This is like, if I had to like give an example of like the type of movie on our show that's like the kind of the best fit, this is one of them, I think. Yeah. This oh, yeah. and like any of those older like 2019 <laughs> Fall of New York type deals, like... These are like the perfect storm. It's it literally and figuratively the perfect storm coming soon, probably, <laughs> where everybody has awesome New England accents. Wicked had New England accents, <laughs> and right. the boat sinks. <gasps> Spoiler alert! Sorry. <sighs> I guess we're not doing the perfect storm. It's, Gave it away. Yeah, it's Way such an uplifting it. title for such a sad movie it, what was perfect about it is that it ended human lives <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. taking a real hard turn here at the end right? <laughs> so uh that, that would also be an explanation of the happening too yeah <laughs> that is accurate um so we are going to take a brief break and uh we'll be right back what were they What Were They Thinking is brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a leading provider of shared, reseller, VPS, and dedicated hosting solutions. Award-winning support is available 24-7, 365 days a year via phone, email, and live chat. Discover why over 9 million websites trust HostGator. Use the coupon code SCHLUCK for 25% off your first purchase. That's SCHLUCK, S-C-H-L-O-C-K, for 25% off your first purchase. What Were They Thinking is brought to you today by GameItAll.com. Whether it's video game news, the latest in music, or movie reviews, GameItAll.com is your one-stop shop for all nerdy talk. What were they thinking? Uh, it's time, the time on the show when we get poetic... And and a little uh, needy as we rely on the donations of people like you and the fine folks at the Chubb Group. (laughs) Yes, viewers just like you, and you, and also you. It's time for the Low Haiku. Low Haiku. Nathan, what is the Low Haiku? The Low Haiku is 17 syllables that will encapsulate the movie we've just spent well over an hour and a half talking about yes um if you're at this point and it's less than an hour and a half then brendan has done some choice editing (laughs) 
Also, it, it it's why we don't lead with this segment because you just get the encapsulation and then leave. Yeah, and you who wants yeah. that? No one. The answer is no one. No one. No. No one. So, Lindsay, as our guest again, uh, would you like to read your haiku? Sure. Whoa! Whoa! whoa. This is a lot, a lot of energy for NPR. That, Just, that's uh, my trigger voice. warnings. Oh, oh, oh. Maybe we need a trigger warning for this yeah, episode. This is this is this is way we need to take it down. Okay. An original haiku by me. The plants are killing. I laugh because it's funny. What is wrong with me? <laughs> very good. Very good. It is happening. What the fuck is happening? Birdemic with cash. (laughs) Very good, very good. Definitely lets us draws a parallel to other other films of its ilk. Snap clapping. Uh, Nathan? Finally, yes, but I will. I'll be more than glad to, to finish off this segment. <clears throat> Marky Mark Science. The wind going to kill you. Nice. Beans for supper. <laughs> <laughs> wicked hard. Yes, yes, wicked hard indeed. Uh, oh, we're out, we're out. We are. We're back. That was nutty. That was nutty. (laughs) That was crazy. What? No. (laughs) Guys, we talked about the happening. We talked about what we thought of the happening. But what do we always say, Nathan? Uh, Well, we always say. Don't take a word for us. I don't know. This got a pretty good rating. <laughs> so, Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> the critics' rating is an 18%. Seems high. Um, but don't worry, guys, because the audience liked it a lot more. Mm-hmm. A it's lot more. A, lo- a lot more. The audience gave it a 24%. I'm pretty sure my 100% dragged it up a couple notches there, but... <laughs> Your five-star review. I hope you find mm-hmm. it, if it's there. So let's go through some of these uh, some of these thoughts here on, uh, on this movie. Christopher Orr of The New Republic says, An astonishment so idiotic in conception and inept in execution that after seeing it, one almost wonders whether it was real or imagined. Fair point. <laughs> yep. Uh, Nigel Floyd from Time Out actually has something similar. At first, a great deal happens, then nothing much happens for quite some time. Then something so underwhelming happens that one is left wondering, did that really just happen? (laughs) I'm going to go for a positive one. Mm. Mm. Richard Roper. It almost dares you to roll your eyes or laugh at certain scenes that are supposed to be deadly serious. But, you know what? I appreciate this creativity, creatively offbeat, daring sci-fi mind trip. Daring. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I feel this. I feel this review. <laughs> uh, I'm going to read this one because I hate this reviewer and his review is 
Well, you can just hear how awful he is just from his little blurb here. Rex Reed of The Observer says, For a movie with the potential for so much global warming electricity, it's disappointingly low on voltage. I don't know why Dave Meltzer keeps paying him. (laughs) What? I I, I don't know why Dave Meltzer keeps paying him. Rex Reed? Yeah, he writes film reviews for the Wrestling Observer, doesn't he? Oh, God. (laughs) Put that together. Okay. (laughs) I'm glad I could help you suss that one out. Fuck, I was like, what are you... You you were blowing my mind for a second. I was like, he writes for the (laughs) Wrestling Observer? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Rex Reed's the worst. (laughs) David Edelstein uh, from New York Magazine and Vulture wrote... All that's missing is the head alien of Plan 9 from Outer Space dropping by to lecture the populace for disrespecting nature. Your stupid, stupid minds. Stupid, stupid. Oh, this one by Matthew Lucas. Just the way I'm feeling right now. It's distant, aloof, and painfully self... I can't even... Grand, ha- I can't Aggrandizing. <laughs> aggrandizing. Grand- Clearly yep. overconfident in its ability to scare the audience. Clearly overconfident. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's not a very scary horror movie when the villain is the wind. <laughs> no, it's not the wind. It's the plants. I mean, yeah, but for most of the movie, it's the wind. Uh, it's it's the wind working in conspiracy with the plants. Yep. See, the wind doesn't have a soul, so it can't think for itself. You know what I just you know what I just realized? This also kinda ends like Birdemic, because in Birdemic the birds just fly away for no reason and that's the end. <laughs> and that's kinda what happens here. That just kinda ends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um my last one here is from all gray at the shiznit.co.uk. <laughs> it says Pulitzer Prize winning material there. Uh it's a it's a negative review. It says Wahlberg is atrocious, as wooden as the trees terrorizing him. Mm-hmm. Oh, so witty. Well, my last one is from Kelly Jane Torrance from the Washington Times. And she says, you know, pretty early on what's likely causing the happening. And yes, there's a message here. Two out of four. <laughs> it's, it, it's snake pit time. Snake pit time? Audience reviews? Mm-hmm. Shall we dive in? Okay. Well, by this one's from Jason N., Mm. Not a lot happens in the happening. During the hot dog scene, I wasn't sure to laugh, shake my head, or just cringe. Like, what just happened? You start going on about hot dogs getting a bad rap. Now, the rap is W-R-A-P. <laughs> Not the right spelling, but okay. They're talking about hot dog wraps. Yeah. you don't. Put... I have hot dog wraps all the time. They're delicious. You... No. <laughs> <laughs> his, his review's not done yet, though. And then you explain the big twist, and we're not even halfway through the movie yet. The premise is interesting, but it failed in its execution. Um, this is this one doesn't have a name, so I guess it's probably Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> um, actually, no, I'm reading this. It was John Leguizamo, because he's the only one that doesn't get attacked. Uh, Mar- Mark Wahlberg tries to be a science teacher. He fails. He talks to a plant. It fails. Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel attempt to make a convincing couple. They fail. The movie tries to build suspense and scares. It fails. This whole movie is just a boatload of fail. Unintentionally, hilariously awful. Okay. Uh, Aiden M. 
I'm going to do this one because he uses a British swear word. So I'm going to do this with an accent. Okay. What a load of utter shite. One of the many, many badly acted scenes was when a trainload of people got stranded in a small town, only to all happen to have cars to make their escape. Dreadful movie altogether. <laughs> and yes, escape is... That's that's the word that's actually in the review. Good lord. Well, we what, are... Oh, half a star. <sighs> um, let's see. Brilliant concept. Horrible dialogue. Waiting for a remake. Gary J. <laughs> yeah, we all are, Gary. <laughs> Three stars. Uh, okay, let's see here. Okay. <clears throat> here we go. This is a five-star review, guys. Ooh. From Keith L., um, a fantastic gripping story, starting with bees straight onto the earth, defending itself from us polluting humans with a survival style story, a classic M. Night Shyamalan film, ending with an original cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> you mean the actors hanging off a cliff ready to let go? I know it's happening in France now, so <laughs> again, oh. people will care more because it's in France. I want that sequel. It'd be great happening. if, like, I would love if M Night Shyamalan they were they were like, no, no, you can't direct like the the one in France. So he just gets like a fake mustache, <laughs> just goes to France <laughs> and direct it. <laughs> no, All I'm right, uh, Le M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> uh, Din V. Uh, I think he was on board with this movie quite a bit, too. He writes, Tense, exciting, and compelling. Packed with amazing performances and visual thrills. The happening is easily Shyamalan at his very best. His directorial debut, The Sixth Sense, pales in comparison to this masterpiece. Can't believe it has such a low approval rating. Five stars. Gross. That's facetious, right? That's that's heresy. You get burned at the stake in the Elizabethan times. I just, I just want to read this one because it's really quick. It's from Helmet V. So uh, he says, four stars, far better than Bird Box. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, this one is a four and a half star review from Caleb L. The okay. happening is. Everything a typical bad M. Night Shyamalan film is. But this one has a, com- uh, uh, completely confused and out there performance by Mark Wahlberg that makes this film a must watch. <laughs> so I don't, I don't get it. Like, they gave them four and a half stars, but they said this movie is so confusing that you have no idea what's going on. Well, that's and the it, half star. That's the bad. That's the but half it, star it, they took off. But, like, yeah, Mark Wahlberg is completely confused because he has no idea what movie he's acting in. <laughs> Yo, is this a sequel to Perfect Storm? I thought I died in that movie. <laughs> Am I a ghost? That's pretty cool. I was in a movie with Will Ferrell. Did you see it? It's called The Other Guys. Wait, <laughs> I don't know if I got my timeline right. That might not have happened yet. <gasps> oh my uh, god, it happened! It's like the title of the movie! This movie's a direct sequel to The Sixth Sense and everyone killing themselves are already dead. <laughs> oh my <sighs> fuck. Alright, well, um, Nathan. Yes? You should give, before we go any further, give us a hint for next week. Let us know a little, little teaser of for what's coming. Teaser, hey? Yeah. Oh, 
little hinsky, if you will. Mm-hmm. Okay, like just a tidbit of something that you might find interesting that you would uh, you would derive some sort of. Yes. Uh, you're, you've, yeah, you're, okay. Yes. Man, Madonna's not in this movie. All right. Well, there's your hint. Um, and uh, Lindsay, at this point in the show, I just want you to be aware. Uh, keep your uh, your hands in your pockets because uh, Montrose Monkington the Third is going to come and say a few words, and he is a live monkey. So just be very careful. Okay. Okay. That's hello. Great. It's your good friend Montrose Monkington the Third here, and despite what Brendan is saying, I do not bite unless I'm requested to. <laughs> oh boy. I would like to take this opportunity on a episode that I'm sure was completely concise and easy to listen to, uh, to say, check out my YouTube channel, Montrose Monkington TV. Uh, I do all kinds of reviews on the wrestling and other things that happen in my life. Uh, also, uh, you can check out my uh, Facebook friends group. You could be friends with me uh, at Montre- Montrose Monkington the Third Esquire and Friends, that being the name of that group. And finally, if you'd like to just uh, send out a quick tweet uh, to a chap without opposable thumbs, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Montrose the Third. That's the number three RD. Thank you. More later. Thank you. You're welcome. Damn it. Every time. Every time. Um, it's British. <laughs> well, Lindsay, before we move on to just, like, plugging, you know, plugging our channel and all that stuff, uh, Lindsay, I want to thank you for coming on and talking about the happening with us. You're welcome. So, uh, you can find us on Facebook. Just search for What Were They Thinking. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at WWTT Podcast. Uh, or all the podcatchers, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, all that good stuff. Uh, you can also find us on Tee Public and Redbubble. Just search for us on there. And we're on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash WWTT podcast if you'd like to sign up and get some cool benefits, some swag, as it were. Um, but yeah, that's it for that. So I guess, uh, Nathan, as we wrap up here, did you have any final questions? Well, uh, a few. Okay. I mean, this this movie. I mean... <sighs> I mean, with the movie where Mark Wahlberg is a science teacher. Yes. And John Leguizamo is a math teacher. Uh-huh. So far, so good. And, Z- and Zoe Deschanel is a terrible actress. Yeah, that hurts. And a, a movie where the wind in the trees are working in concert against all of humankind. Yes, yeah, a famous just... concert, Woodstock. Christopher Walken went there. (laughs) I just, I need to ask, what were they thinking? Mississippi moon, won't you keep on shining on me? Oh, black water, keep on rolling. Mississippi moon, won't you keep on shining on me? Oh, black water, keep on rolling. Mississippi moon, won't you keep on shining on me?